So Sriya Gal, my name's Emma. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about my experience of moving out and the general process that took place, the things I've learned and some of the things I wish I knew before I had moved out. Over the years of moving, I've moved about seven times for different reasons. Four times was because of uni and three of those was because of several various reasons. The first one was because I moved out of my toxic Indian home. The second time was because I had got a new job opportunity and I wanted to just be a little bit more independent and away from my comfort zone, which was East London. I moved to a completely new area where I didn't know anyone and I wanted to be a lot more independent. And the third time was because my landlord decided to kick me out. I'm finally settled and I'd say I'm quite good at moving. I wish that if I could go back, there was a lot more information available, which wasn't at the time. So if someone was in my situation and I could look back at them, I know it'd be very helpful. So let's talk about it. Some of the things that I wish I knew was the fact that moving out and the whole idea of it is very glorified that it's not all roses and sunshine that there's going to be dark days it's going to be very lonely at times but it is very worth it in the end the hardest part for me when it comes to moving out was the mental effect that it had on me now it took me about six months to finally settle down and come out of survival mode and feel like I could call my space home So when I finally had the chance to just sit down and process what on earth I had gone through for the last 10 years was undoubtedly just very difficult and very emotional. So, you know, having to calm your anxiety and allow yourself to feel in a space where no one is shouting at you, it's no longer toxic and it's completely silent. It gives you the chance to actually deep what the hell has just happened. And that was very difficult for me. After some time, I also understood that things would have never gotten better if I had decided not to leave. Even though in my head I thought, oh, maybe if I had stayed and, you know, if I had just waited it out, things would have gotten better, but they wouldn't have had. And to finally understand that even after three years and I'm fully independent and I'm fully settled, there's still a level of accountability that certain family members and relatives still haven't taken. It's very half-hearted and I had to understand that that is something that they would never take accountability for. So that was also very difficult to process and might be something that you would need to process as well since you'd be leaving a very toxic and unhealthy environment so the need for having a very strong support system so having really supportive friends and someone you can talk to is so important and I've said this many times on my previous episodes that I would not be here or as strong as I am without my friends and having someone to talk to and you know being able to rely on so many of these lovely people to just be emotional and talk and be myself so I will forever be grateful that my friends were there to help me when I moved out and when I needed free therapy so I'd always say have a strong support system. I remember on the day when I was moving my parents had left quite early in the morning and had kind of intended to never see me again and yeah it was really hard to deal with that but I feel like I had already kind of digested that this was going to happen and there was no going back. I felt very 
numb, but also very, it is what it is. It's going to happen anyway. And we'll see how the journey goes. The first thing that I did before even moving out was keeping my mouth shut about this whole wanting to move out. I did not tell a single soul within my family or relatives. It was only my close friends who knew at the time that I'm about to move out. I wouldn't say a word until you have signed that contract. I wish I had someone to look over that contract, someone who had a bit more experience, even a manager or someone who was already renting or just a friend, just anyone to double check. I didn't check my contract. That came with a list of red flags that I'm about to go into and hopefully you guys can learn off this, but make sure your contract is legitimate and you have a professional or someone you trust to just double check it and look through it. When it comes to your deposit and if the landlord is requesting you to put a deposit down, that needs to be saved in a secure place. So you have something called deposit schemes. So for example, there's one called the TDS. So when you pay that deposit, that needs to be kept secure within that scheme so that if at the end your landlord wants to dispute anything, you dispute it through that company rather than the money just being held by your landlord because A, that's illegal and B, the landlord can just take your money. So especially if you're in a position where you're having to rent on the open market rather than having to rent somewhere like in a professional development, which is a completely different kind of legal structure. If you're having to rent with a private landlord, make sure everything you have discussed is in writing and is secure and legitimate and professional. The contract that I had was literally drafted up on a Word document, had so many spelling mistakes in it and was definitely very dodgy, but I was desperate and that's what I signed up for at the time. So I'm here to tell the tale. Secondly, I would definitely recommend having at least four to six months of savings because life is unpredictable. Things can happen that you have no control over. So when you make that decision of leaving, you want to go with the intention of not coming back. So you want to be able to be secure, make sure you have that saving and be able to protect yourself if anything does go wrong, because in my circumstances, it did. Hopefully it doesn't happen in yours, but just be safe, be protected. The most important thing I would say, just generally before the whole move out process, if you have the time and I understand that you might be in a situation where you're desperate and you need to move out and you're overwhelmed and your home is toxic. I can understand that it's very easy to just go for the first thing that comes and that's what I did. But if I could go back, I wouldn't recommend it. I wish I had trusted my gut instinct and I would advise you to do the same. If you feel like the person you are talking to or your landlord is dodgy or something is off, don't do it because your landlord is going to be your first point of contact. And if anything goes wrong or if you need something or something needs to be looked over in terms of your contract, your landlord is going to be the first person you call to look over that. So just make sure you have a good professional relationship with your landlord. And that also reminds me, some landlords are very weird and dodgy. <laughs> so what I mean by that is there's a level of professionalism that needs to be upheld. So that doesn't mean your landlord can just message you at like 11 o'clock at night, which used to happen to me and talk to you as if like your friends, there's a certain level of boundaries that needs to be maintained. Like that is 
absolutely something that should not be happening. And I find that a lot of landlords will have this kind of understanding where they think they can be super friendly with their tenants to the point where it's a bit uncomfortable. And that way it kind of blurs the lines of that professional relationship. So I've heard of situations where landlords are like super emotional and like raising rents and like being manipulative. And it, yeah, it can just be really messy. So I would always say have a professional relationship with your landlords, be good with them, but not too close. So fast forward to the actual move out van. So this is the bit where I'm like finally like moving my stuff and my friends are there. First of all, the guy was four hours late. Secondly, he looked very questionable in appearance. Like he did not look like he knew what he was doing. Thirdly, he was like, oh, actually I've got three other drop-offs before I drop all your things off. And I was like, okay. And this van that turned up didn't have any like company logo or any sort of indication that this was a move out van it was just like it was just literally like a full transit van with loads of other stuff in there which I'm assuming that was other people's stuff and that day I know I took the risk because I wanted to cut corners and be cost effective but genuinely I'm lucky that I had all my stuff because he could have just ran away with all of it but you know I think God was on my side and I was protected thank God but if I could go back I wish I had invested in a better move out company because it's not worth the risk. And when it's your belongings, it's not even worth them being damaged or them being lost and everything needs to be tracked, signed, all in writing so that there's no risk of anything going wrong, especially for the fact that he turned up late that I should have known then. It was just, you know, not a good sign. Anyway, now this point might be a little bit debatable, but when I moved out, I decided not to tell my parents where I live for the first two years, I think, because I wanted to feel complete freedom. If you're Dissy or from an ethnic background, you know, with strict parents, like for me anyways, I wasn't allowed to go to the corner shop. I had to always ask to go out and the freedom I had was lacking. So the first time I had that freedom to just choose what I wanted to do, I felt almost feral. I was like, I don't know what to do with this freedom. Like I just wanted to get some pizza and just be out late without having anyone question my whereabouts was such a, oh, I don't even have the words. It was honestly such a relief. I felt like I could breathe again. Over the two years, it really did help with reducing my anxiety of not having to worry that my family or one of my relatives is gonna turn up in front of my house or someone's gonna stalk me or um, or someone's gonna knock at my door and question me or create a scene of any kind that I could finally just breathe and not live in fear. So that's why I say I'd recommend not telling your parents where you live. And I understand there's obviously a level of safety that you might want to have just in case something happens, but just tell a friend where you live. It's fine. You're going to be fine. You got this. Also, it's very common within Asian culture to have open doors to family, friends, strangers. And I stand by this as like my core boundaries to this day that 
don't invite people over to your house because you have people pleasing tendencies. Just because you have your own space and you can now finally be the host that you've always wanted to be, which is so wholesome, but it's not an excuse for you to be so open with your space. Your home is your sanctuary and your safe place. Take it from someone who has had some questionable people over that hosting for the wrong people creates resentment, especially if you're the first one moving out out of your friends. Treat your space like your sanctuary and not a frat house where people can just come in and out as they please. Which takes me on to my next area or topic I want to discuss, which is money and how important that is. When I turned 22 that year, I spent a grand on my birthday and about 75% of those people who came, I didn't even speak to them just because life and I've grown up and my friend groups have changed. But going back, that was so stupid of me, but it is what it is. It's happened now. <laughs> Don't buy everything all at once. When I moved out for the first time, I was obviously very excited. I was hyped up. So I had no budget, I had no list or idea of what I would really need. Put effort into making your space your space. And that doesn't have to mean you have to spend hundreds or even thousands to decorate your space because life is unpredictable. You might have to move again. And as someone who's done it enough times, it's not really worth it, in my opinion. Even if you have like a few plants and a nice lampshade, create that ambience. It really does make a difference. Having a clean space creates a clean mind. So do what you need to do to create your own space and have a bit of personality and the flair that you want. The one thing I definitely refuse to buy is cardboard boxes. There's many companies, shops and retailers who do give out free cardboard boxes. You just have to ask nicely and they will be willing to give them to you. But if there was a small list that I would recommend as moving out for the first time, buy your own bin because people are questionable. And what I mean by that is people can be dirty and don't take the bins out. So you don't even want to have that mental stress of, oh my God, no one's taking the bins out because you've got your own bin. Just keep it small. Just keep it on the side. Don't let anyone touch it and you'll be fine. Invest in your own plates, cutlery, bowls, just kitchen stuff. And don't buy like a massive set, maybe like two to four plates is fine. And because I'm vegetarian, I don't really like sharing any of my plates or cutlery. So it's a good excuse, but that way I know it's clean because I am clean. I would also buy a shower caddy because people are savage and will literally use your shower products and toiletries. So having a shower caddy means you can just kind of keep your stuff in your room, take it as you need and transport it in and out of your room as when you need to shower if you have a shared bathroom. So that also would have been really helpful. But yeah, all in all, just do what you need to keep your things organized, unless obviously you're moving in with friends and you've made an agreement of what is gonna be shared and not. I also think because I'm a bit OCD and I just don't like people touching any of my things, like I'm very particular. It's to the point where if something's like out of place, I'll have to put it back. Otherwise I'll be thinking about it at like 2 a.m. that, oh my God, like that ornament was out of place or something, whatever, but I know I'm on the spectrum for sure. <laughs> so it's fine. It helps me sleep at night. So despite all the ups and downs I've experienced throughout the years, and the things I've said is only a very small element of it, but more of the helpful elements, I would still recommend a house share because the economy, number one, we're now in recession. I understand that 
the rental market, especially within London, is an absolute joke. But with enough persistence and will, you will be able to find something. It sometimes can take around three to four months to find the room that you want or the space that you're looking for. But if I've done it about seven, eight times, you can do it as well. Just stay persistent, stay at it, keep on top of your emails, you'll be fine. You will find the space that you want for yourself. I also feel like with a house share, you learn to compromise and be a lot more understanding of how other people have been raised and their certain quirks and the things they do in terms of how they live, right? Because people can be really messy or super OCD and neat freaks and have certain things they like to do. For me, I know that the day I decide to buy my own house, it's just going to be life-changing like that feeling is going to be unmatched because I know the compromises I have made are unreal it has helped me be a lot more understanding and because I also work in property and I have seen my fair share of how people live I'm generally a lot more understanding that this person lives like that because of what they've been through and you also get to meet really cool people as well sometimes some of my flatmates have been my long-term friends so it's not all bad the biggest benefit is the cost of rent yes rent is expensive but it is going to be by far a lot less than you would ever pay if you were living completely by yourself in a flat somewhere in London especially because the prices are extortionate and with the current time period and as I said we're in recession there is no way I could afford to live by myself as well as save enjoy life and go out and be able to just live a little bit I'd quite literally just be living paycheck to paycheck which is not ideal so going for a house share for the first time you're moving out just might be the best way for you to get yourself on your feet I also want to mention for the older generation if you guys are watching that if you are having issues within your home, especially ethnic homes, please create a space for your children to grow up and understand that they are not kids anymore, that there comes a certain age where they also need to have the autonomy to want to have a little bit more freedom or be able to have their own space and feel as though that they can also be free. I know that if I ever decide to have children that I would definitely make them pay rent and save some of the money for them in the future. Psychologically, it would make them feel more independent that they can have a little bit more say over their space. I'd have a change in boundaries and the general dynamic that there should be a level of mutual respect first and foremost, regardless of your age. Secondly, that I would rather live as loving flatmates or friends rather than you're my child and I have to tell you what to do and have and have them feeling like as if I'm controlling them and for me that was one of my biggest issues where I felt like I had no control over my own space yes I didn't pay rent at my parents house when I moved back which is also very common in ethnic households but if my parents had the emotional maturity to have those boundaries that means we change the dynamic and how we live and we live together harmoniously but that was just not an option for me so I will make sure that that is an option for my child that they'll never feel like I'm pushing them out that they always have a safe place to live 
and understand the importance of independence and setting yourself up if you can. That's why for me, even though I didn't have that, I have to say I am proud that I took whatever my situation was and I just had to make it work and it did work. So it's taken three years, but I did it. And if I can do it, so can you. All in all, living by yourself is, I don't know, there's good and there's bad. I hate when I'm sick. I feel like there's no one to take care of me like my mum could have taken care of me. She'd always bring me food and take care of me and bring me water if I needed something. It was nice to just have someone there. When you live by yourself, you'll come to quickly realise that you are your own nurse, which kind of sucks sometimes, but it is what it is. It can also get very lonely. So that's why I said that it's important to take yourself out and try and socialise by yourself so that you are comfortable within your own company and the loneliness gets a little bit easier over time. I also hate having to cook when I'm exhausted. Coming back from work with your mum having your dinner prepared is an unmatched feeling. It's always nice to have someone else cook for you and I will never take that for granted. Cleaning is never ending. I kid you not, every week I clean my room, every week it gathers dust. And I'm a clean person, so cleaning never ends. I hate that landlords don't fix anything. They will just say, oh yeah, yeah, we're on it, we're on it. They don't fix anything, get used to it. It's nothing new. Landlords just don't like fixing things because a lot of them are just tight. And lastly, I really dislike that people live like animals and lack home training. If you've lived with a sibling who is messy or know what it's like to live in a messy house, trust me, trust me when I say living in a house share and understanding how people live will blow your mind but it will also make you less judgmental and more understanding. Some of the things I do love though is the fact that I don't have to think about anyone else when I come home I just have to think about me I don't have to think about talking to someone I have my own space I get to relax and no one's disturbing me unless I want to talk to my flatmates and I have the freedom to do that which is nice. When I was living at home I feel like I had to greet my family which it sounds really awful but sometimes I don't want to talk to anyone. Sometimes I don't even want to say hello like I've had a long day. Leave me alone. I feel like in ethnic houses there's no such thing as cooking dinner for yourself. If you cook dinner you have to ask everyone else which is nice and I'm not stingy when it comes to food. I love cooking, I'm good at hosting, but sometimes I don't wanna have to cook for six people. I just wanna cook for myself. Like, I don't wanna have that pressure of having to make a gourmet meal and it actually having to taste nice because there's times where my food doesn't taste nice and I don't care. It does the job and it will feed me and I'll be fine. So for me personally, one of the nicest feelings is waking up and not having to hear my mum yapping down the phone to India at like 4am or my dad having to watch like Sikh channel news every day and then like debating with his friends and being all political. If you know what an Asian house is like at 8am on a Saturday morning, oh my god. I miss it, but I don't miss it. Like the peace I have is unmatched and no one disturbs me. So that is a very great feeling to have and that brings me to the end of this episode I hope you guys enjoyed it for anyone who is moving out or thinking of moving out who's in a situation of leaving a toxic household feel free to message me I've done it I know what I'm talking about even though I haven't 
covered my whole life story because that would take me forever. I've tried to cover as many points that were important to me or stood out that I feel as though if I had listened to a couple of years ago would be super helpful. And just know that if I can do it, so can you. It's not easy living a house that you grew up in that you've known your family for so long especially if it was abusive and I know that I haven't been able to fully create the picture of what I truly went through and I don't know if I ever could but believe me when I say that things were not easy when I was at home I really did go through a lot and leaving my house was by far the best decision I made for myself I have no regrets it was very liberating and even after leaving and facing many difficulties with my parents and my relatives and still going through it sometimes, nothing will ever match that feeling of knowing I have peace. I would rather pay money for my mental peace than live at home and pay with my mental health. So if it is something that you are thinking of doing, go for it feel free to message me. Best of luck. You've got this. If I can do it, so can you. I thank everyone for watching this episode. It's definitely not easy doing a podcast whilst working full time. It's almost 10.30 right now. And again, I feel very glad that I've recorded this and trying my best to stay consistent. I'm not giving up. So I thank you so much for listening or watching and I'll see you guys very soon. Thank you. Dhanivad. Sashrikal. Bye.